these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Oh. I can't decide, was that worth staying up late for just for the end? Or was oh, the... Yeah. That was one of the ugliest, weirdest, most annoying Timberwolves games of the entire season until about two minutes into the fourth quarter and Anthony Edwards decided... I'm going to win the game. Enough of it. They covered, by the way. They wound up, they were, it was like a 25-point swing from when they were down by 13. They wind up covering the the 12 or whatever it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it because I love seeing teams come of age and turn into good teams that have to overcome true adversities. Yeah. Back-to-back, you didn't play well. There, there's this new weird fixation, and Wolves fans, um, clean it up, folks. There's this fixation on, well, you didn't roll the Pistons, and then you didn't roll the Grizzlies. This is a long regular season. Yeah. They're not going to roll teams, but I thought, you know, the guy that, to me, stood out last night, absolutely. Ant was great, but the second half, Mike Conley. Oh, man. He's he just such... basically said, okay, boys, here's winner, what we're going to do. Winner. And and did you guys see the post game with Ant talking to uh, the guys in <sighs> studio on TNT? Yes, when so good. I, I think it was Ernie Johnson got the best response, or or it might have been Charles, but somebody said, so, uh, because Ant, Ant basically said, I started the game not trying to He said I hard. wasn't ready I to wasn't play ready tonight. for the game. And so somebody said, I forget whom, said, okay, so when that happens, who tells you to get your ass in gear? And he's like, slow-mo. Yeah. And, and slow-mo, it sounds like, said to him, we're on TNT national tv you have two points at the half you're an all-star and, guy really and you're an all-star you're that yeah. good huh and you could tell that ant was like okay like that got him going that was like by the way uh uh thank you guys for jumping into a friday flagrant house if you could click the like button and the subscribe button on the score North youtube channel and keep giving us those five-star ratings and positive reviews on apple podcasts uh we and kyle too would appreciate that we got our og wolves guy here judd we got our producer declan um, that was such a fun post game interview with Anthony Edwards. That's great. And I kind of felt like in the first half, I, there was like a little, I don't know if it was like nervous energy, but it kind of, and, and maybe it was like the weird nine o'clock start time. And I'm just like making excuses for a garbage first half performance by the wolves against Memphis's backups, but mm-hmm. something was off. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony towns know that they're on national TV and they know what, they know what those guys sometimes say about the Timberwolves. And um, it just it just felt like weird energy in the first half. But the postgame interview that you mentioned on Inside the NBA, that to me felt like it that felt like the face of the NBA. Not yet, but like in three or five years. That's what yep. that interaction feels like. It was he was he wasn't weird. Sometimes the young players get on and they like don't make eye contact with the camera and they're mm-hmm. quiet. And it was like he was the most fun dynamic person on a panel that included Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson, and Shaq. And he's 22. Yeah. Oh, he was great. The only thing is I was hoping that, that he would chide Charles for, for his wolves, like up and down <laughs> opinions. Well, but, dude, yeah. uh, Kevin Harlan started the broadcast by chiding Reggie Miller. He goes, and if you guys remember, Reggie Miller put up, his yeah. top 11 teams to watch in different categories before the season in the Western Conference. He literally listed 11 teams and not Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Harlan, who they did a video tribute to during one of the timeouts, uh, he opens the broadcast. Oh, Reggie, 
I remember a couple months ago you listed your top 11 teams in the Western Conference, and I don't seem to recall the Timberwolves on that list. And Reggie's like, yeah, I may have dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great, though. I love I love their – TNT does games better than anyone, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hockey and hockey, they've done – They've yeah. done. They've done the same. Their studio shows are great, but just their production yes. is yes. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to your point about Barkley, and I do have. I've got three Wolves takes for you here. A Phil's Wolves takes Friday edition of Flagrant House, and Barkley is included in one of them. But it was hilarious and painful watching him in the pregame show, meandering around for like seven or eight minutes, trying to figure out if the Timberwolves are good. He yeah. kept saying, like, I don't believe I don't believe in them. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't believe in them. And they were like, why don't you believe in them? He's like, and he couldn't, like, list a good reason. He's like, I just don't think they can play with two big guys. And, and he gets done kind of rambling around and, and Shaq just laughing. Ernie's like, Shaq, what do you think? He's like, just go to break. I, like, it's like, make your point, man. What are you even talking about? Um, <laughs> but then but then Barkley kept saying, I need to see them blow out the Grizzlies. I want to see them tonight. I want to see them blow out the Grizzlies. And so, of course, in classic old Timberwolves fashion. They're down by five or six points to the Grizzlies backups at halftime so that Barkley can rip them. But, you know, at the end of the day, those guys don't watch Timberwolves basketball, so it doesn't really matter what. Those guys will start watching Wolves basketball once they win a playoff series. And then in the second round, they'll be like, have you guys heard of this Nas Reed guy? This guy's pretty good at basketball. Well, and Barkley and Barkley does love Nas. Like, he he must have said yeah. 25 times last night, I love this kid. This is a great kid. Yeah. This is the greatest kid ever. And it's like, we love him too. Yeah, yeah, it it was it was a great post game, and if you haven't seen it, I think it's up on the the because uh, a lot of people probably went to bed before the game was over. But it was here's the summary: the Wolves played with their food for two hours, yeah, and then finally Anthony Edwards comes in and just like inhales the rest of the plate and says, "I think we'll I think we'll take this one, we'll yeah. win this game." So okay, three Wolves takes for you guys, starting with this one. Get ready, Anthony Edwards is about to be one of the 10 best players in the NBA by the end of this season. Kyle and I touched on this on yesterday's episode, but I started to kind of do the actual exercise. If you look at players that are definitively better than Anthony Edwards, offense and defense, because there's some offensive gunner players that you'd look and say, wow, like Donovan Mitchell scores 28 points a game, or, you know, De'Aaron Fox, look at the offense. But some of those guys play zero defense and there's no way you would put like De'Aaron Fox on an opposing team's best player at the end of the game and expect something good to happen. But here's the list of players that I think make up the top 10 in the NBA and people can fight me on this. There's some debate for sure. I think Embiid is obviously solidly in Jokic. So those are the last three MVP uh, guys, Giannis, Luca. Shea Gilgis-Alexander in Oklahoma City has emerged as an incredible player. Kevin Durant at 35 is shooting 47% from three-point range, averaging almost 30 points a game. Like, he has not hit the age cliff yet. I'm going to put Jason Tatum in. This is where it gets a little bit... This is Like, those guys are definitive for me. Those are seven guys that are just those... I think those are the seven best players in the NBA. I'm putting Anthony Davis in. He's been healthy this year, too. He's played 40 games, which is usually the knock on him. I'm putting Devin Booker in because I think he's just a more consistent version. I think Ant's a better defender, but Booker's just a more consistent, higher-end offensive player for now, but it's getting closer. Mm -hmm. 
And then out of respect, so that's nine. So I guess I'm going to give you 11 here because out of respect, I'm still going to put LeBron and Steph Curry on this list. But those guys are finally starting to show, like, LeBron LeBron is still really good, but he's 39 years old. His points per game are at the lowest point since he was, like, a rookie. Um, efficiency is not quite the same. Steph Curry kind of the same way. But out of respect, I'm going to, I'm going to put those guys still. So that's 11 guys. Once you get past that, we could debate on, like, Halliburton, Sabonis in Portland is having an excellent season. Kawhi can still play with the Clippers. I think Ant has graduated above Damian Lillard. I think he's graduated above Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox. So he's like, he's like in the next queue of players that if if uh, Anthony Davis were to go down with an injury or LeBron were to graduate from the league or whatever, like I think he's in the next four in. If this was the uh, who's the guy that does the NCAA tournament, Ken, uh, Lenard, Joe Lenardi, Joe Lenardi, oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe yeah, that guy, Ken Palm doesn't do it. So, so he, he's in the next like four or two or whatever it is. He's uh, he's in the queue right now to become yeah. a top ten player in the NBA. Which leads me to a question I've got because I've seen this on X and 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 uh, uh, it's certainly been discussed. But when it comes to Ant, and look, he is candid to a fault probably saying I wasn't really prepared to play. Well, some fans are going to like be like, oh, you got to be prepared to play. But here's <laughs> but here's my honest question. And it's going to take the playoffs. So I, I realize there's not a playoff resume yet for this, and that's going to become incredibly important this spring. But what standard should we hold him to? Because it feels like to me, you know, the first half last night, he had two points. He was not good. He was scuffling. And I saw a couple of things on X about, well, that, you know, and, and again, that uh, the play that he made, I think it was third quarter off the backboard pass to himself. It's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my God, that was fantastic. And uh, against the Pistons two nights ago, he absolutely did a Jordan poster dunk. And that was incredible. But what standard should he be held to? Because there seems to be a lot of bitching and moaning about when he is not hitting on all cylinders consistently. And in hockey, I sort of know what passes the smell test or eye test and what does not. Yeah. Um, but, when, Phil, what's your thought? When it comes to Ant, like, what is that, that test? Because I think the one thing that I will default to in all sports is you're not going to be on in regular seasons that are 82 games. Yeah, you're not every uh, night. Yeah. Well, and yeah, with with just like social media and podcasting and radio and all the different ways that you're hit with, you know, t- all these TV shows and stuff that you just you're just getting hit with takes and opinions and thoughts and and right. and it you almost have to pull yourself out of that cycle of takes and thoughts and entertainment and all this stuff and say, "Okay, he's 22 years old." Mm-hmm. When Kevin Garnett was 22 years old, he was also in his 4th year in the NBA. KG was still five years away from being the fully realized version of Kevin Garnett. Statistically, MVP, playoff success. Now, some of that was also KG didn't have maybe the teammates and roster around him. He was like literally building the Timberwolves for the first time because he he came on board within the first 10 years of the franchise's existence. I mean, Anthony Edwards has much better infrastructure around him in some ways than KG had. Because he's got like a secondary scorer in Carl Anthony Towns. He's got a defensive player of the year guy in Rudy Gobert. He's got the organizer point guard. But 
But when you put it into that context, the KG and also most star players in the league, not all of them, you can find examples, but most guys don't actually hit their fully realized peak until they're 26 or 27. So I think I think it's safe to say that there's room to be frustrated from time to time with, boy, I wish he wouldn't show up not ready to play and only score two points in a game in which it's on national TV, right? But we're, we're going to go through some ups and downs and growing pains with him and the team until he's probably 26 or 27 years old. He'll be on another contract by then. Hopefully he stays with the Timberwolves. So you got, I hate, I hate saying it, but like you almost have to be a little patient and not chew him up while he's still maturing and and look at some of the off the court stuff. He's clearly not like a fully mature, realized human or basketball player. Yep. And despite that, he is pounding on the door of being one of the top 10 players in the league. It's crazy. I, I think where he has to improve and I, I, Jim Pete and Grady were talking about this. Um, this was after the Celtics game when Ant kind of went into hero mode and put up a bunch of bad shots, had a bunch of turnovers, and kind of was the biggest reason why they blew a, a nine-point lead to the Celtics. But he doesn't have, and Grady and Jim Pete talked about this, he doesn't have to play hero ball. Like, he has Cat. He has Mike Conley. He has Rudy Gobert. The infrastructure around him, like, and I think that's what he has to sometimes get over with is not having to play hero ball. Now, there are moments, right? And we've seen this in countless NBA finals where Steph Curry plays hero ball, Kobe plays hero ball, Michael Jordan plays hero ball, but he has an infrastructure around him where, Ant, you don't have to play hero ball in the final two to three minutes of a game. Well, and I think when you're 22 years old like this and you're just, we've talked about this before on the show this year, and you're figuring out, this is the first year that he's real, maybe the playoffs last year a little bit, but he mentioned on the Inside the NBA postgame show that being a part of the, the Team USA run and understanding, okay, like, I can be more of a playmaker here, but I can also I can also lead that team in scoring. I guess what I'm saying is going back to playoffs, World Cup, and now this regular season, it's the first time in his young career that he thinks he's the best player on every court. He's able to whisper in Kawhi Leonard's ear, and I can't say the, the full version of it, but you're old, you old-ass bleep. He can trash talk Kawhi Leonard with full confidence. And when you when you understand, man, I can go get whatever I want in a game, it's kind of fun to flex that muscle and show that off a little bit. But over the next four to five years, he's going to figure out how he can average his 28 to 30 points and also still use his superpowers to get other guys. But he's better at that today than he was a year ago, for sure, and two years and three years ago. The assist mm-hmm. numbers are up. The playmaking is up. But, yeah, that fourth quarter, man. And then he's like... He's hitting threes. He's getting to the rim. He's throwing the ball off the backboard and dunking it to himself. And he's like, he knows where the baseline camera is too. He's doing like the the plane flying thing and smiling at the camera. But I love it. I I think it's great. But he is, and this is, I think, the most important thing. And this is not something that every team gets to have in sports. He is the heartbeat of this team. So like, as he goes, like he's the one that decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to win the game. And you can be frustrated by that, but there's also a certain fun there, a fun factor. Yeah. And, and, and he has the that pocket enjoyment of what he's doing that makes it so I, – I think we gravitate towards that. Like how many guys have that, like just you could tell the love, right? Like he, he starts to go off and you gravitate towards him. So I just – I think he's a really interesting athlete and player as far as that goes because he's the type of guy that some teams in the Wolves for a long time 
simply don't have. And you, you know, as we've done in our movie review podcast, movie reviews with Mackie and Judd, we've done like four or five different or whatever it is, Fast and the Furious movies. And you know how when there's a race, you got two cars and they're neck and neck, and then one of the cars hits the nitrous oxide button, the Nas button. Nas, yeah, I got the Nas. Not the Nas Reed, but like should be an AZ. Well, dude, they hit the actual they hit the Nas Reed button in that yeah. first quarter and went from down by nine to up by one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Anthony Edwards is that nitrous oxide at the end of the game where all right, yeah. we're down God, we're just been down by six all night and he's just like and now the, the Grizzlies are down by seven and mm-hmm. the game's over. And they haven't, they really haven't had any players like that in franchise history because KG was a great all around player. Yeah. He wasn't like the heat check guy that's going to go and get you. I'm just going to go score 12 points regardless of if there's a hand in no, my face. No, you're right. Not, right. No, you're exactly right. So. Um, Anthony Edwards, take take a bow for your yeah. fourth quarter performance. I just enjoy night. watching him m- way more than I don't, and and he doesn't frustrate me because I gravitate towards it. Just he just makes it look like fun. It, it's because it is fun. Yeah, he's the most you know, fun player in town right now. With Cat, with Cat, there's a lot of work there. He's had a good year, but I mean, there's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of gnashing of the teeth. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Ants is just sort of like, hey, hey, man, I'm here now. What can I do? One one of my favorite parts too of the game last night, Ant was on the bench for a stretch. It was like third quarter, and Mike Mike Conley hits that three, and there's a timeout. And Ant with his like he's got the knee the is it yep. the is it ice I guess I don't he's got those little knee packs on when he's sitting, yep. and he comes running out with his little like knee packs on, and he gives Mike Conley a big hug. So it's amazing. I have two other takes for you guys here including a Charles Barkley one, but let's tell the audience if they're looking to change their lives here, Judd, and lose some weight to start mm-hmm. 2024, who can help them? Well, that's a very uh, a very simple answer because it's my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped sports dads a couple years ago now lose 40 pounds from the sports dad on the left to the sports dad on the right. And yes, this program works. And yes, it not only works, but they are going to help you lose the weight and then most importantly, keep the weight off. So if you're on your couch right now, the holidays were tough on the waistline. You got clothes that don't fit. Well, guess what? Livia is going to help you get back into those clothes for spring. And have I got an offer for you? The first three months are going to be free. So you're going to be dropping weight and it's going to be uh, free. And also, uh, they have added breakthrough weight loss medications in their center locations as well that are going to help uh, suppress your appetite, that are going to help you lose the weight. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Also, uh, our friend David and my friend David specifically, too, at First Equity Mortgage is here to help you guys. So a few years ago, I had an amazing experience refinancing my home at the time with David over at First Equity Mortgage, which is a Minnesota-based 24 years in the market company that prides themselves on supporting the community, treating every customer as a family member, friend, neighbor, and the Timberwolves and Lynx because David is a 20-year season ticket holder. You can see him roaming around. Get some pretty nice seats. You'll see David down there uh, probably late last night. I'm guessing he was there cheering on the Wolves. And so not only did I have a great experience with First Equity, but First Equity handled home loans at some point in the last 10 years for 20 of my, I've counted, 20 of my coworkers and friends. So our group over at Hubbard and myself and uh, and friend group trust First Equity, and you can too. Go to femort.com to find out more. That's femort.com 
or scorenorth.com keyword David to find out more information. Okay, take number two. Charles Barkley should stick to golf. <laughs> I love I love Chuck. He's a blast on that show. It is uh, so I feel like a lot of Wolves fans get like offended that he doesn't like the Timberwolves or and let's be honest, him and Shaq, they haven't watched five minutes of a Timberwolves game all year. The, the Timberwolves do not rise to the level in their mind of even being worthy of being talked about mm-hmm. on that show. Mm-hmm. But let's do some myth busting here. Because Barkley said two things that just factually are not true about this team. And I don't, whatever, like the Wolves have to earn it. Make Charles Barkley pay attention to you in the playoffs at some point. But the, but the number one reason that he doesn't buy into the Wolves is he doesn't trust the two seven-footers playing together. He said that numerous times. I don't trust. You can't play those guys together. I don't trust it. So Cat and Gobert playing together is a non-starter for Charles Barkley. Well, here's the reality. Per 100 possessions, those guys are a plus 11 points when they're on the court, net rating this year. If you take all of the qualified two-man pairings in the NBA, so literally every combination of this player, that player, this player, that player, mm-hmm. among qualified lineups. So I took, the, the, I took it wound up being uh, 82 qualified lineups. Gobert and Cat is the 10th best two-man pairing in the NBA this year. 800 minutes or more, so sample size. And it's one of the top five defensive pairings in the NBA among qualified lineups that have played at least 800 minutes together. So, again, maybe it changes in the postseason or something, but I don't know how you can go on TV and say at this point, it doesn't work. You can't play those guys together. They have 30 wins at the halfway point, and statistically, factually, it's one of the best pairings in the NBA. I love Chuck, but let's make this very, very clear. He's an entertainer. He and that's great. Not, and he's super entertaining. And he's great at it. And I and, and he's one of the best to ever do it sports. Keep doing it. But he is an entertainer. In fact, I, I wrote this down at halftime last night. He said their biggest the Wolves among their biggest weaknesses is going to be the two big guys trying to play on defense on the perimeter. Reggie Miller accurately said after Gobert again came out and made a great play. Reggie said, and I don't know if this was a, like uh, a veiled response to Chuck or not, but uh, he and Harlan talked about the fact that when um, Gobert came here, the Wolves said, we know that you were basically taken, uh, taking away the paint with the Jazz. We, but to win here, you're going to have to come out on the perimeter and defend guys, which is what he's done. Mm-hmm. Chuck has no idea what he's talking about, and I don't care. I will watch him 10 out of 10 times. But, like, the the next time that anyone gets offended by what Chuck says from, like, a basketball standpoint, yeah. understand understand that TNT, they've got guys like Chuck. They've got guys for hockey like Biz, who's fantastic. But they're fantastic because they say inflammatory things to entertain. Yeah, that's and, what they are. And to your point about just like general perimeter defense, because that that's the other myth busting thing that I'd love to touch on with Chuck. He said the Wolves aren't going to be able to defend the three with two seven footers on the court. Inaccurate. Well, those guys have played almost every game, and the Wolves have the sixth best three point defense in the NBA in terms of opponent three point percentage. <laughs> and when yep. Rudy Gobert is on the court versus off the court in terms of just overall field goal efficiency, so if, uh, effective field goal percentage, opponents shoot 5% worse when he's on the court versus off the court. 
So the defense gets the defense from an efficiency standpoint suffers far more with opponent shooting percentage when Rudy is off the court because he's a great defender. And well, also, like, they've got other guys who can, compared to Utah a couple of years ago, they've got better perimeter guys right. along with Rudy, too. So, right. But again, right. he's an entertainer. I'm with you. Keep being an entertainer. Well, and how many times now when Gobert comes out to challenge, how many three-point shots get aborted? There, there was one last night where the Grizzly center, I forget his name, um, where he had a clear three, and Gobert took like two steps. Like the three was still there, and he just aborted it you know, and tried J- to drive Triple inside. J- Jaron Jackson actually had a really, really no, big no, game it, it was the other guy. Oh, yeah, um, um, I'm a, I'm a naga, naga, not gonna work. Yeah, Jaron Jackson actually, you know what? He sort of showed some, he sort of showed uh, what the blueprint is if you can do it to attack him. But the point is, yeah, Chuck is Chuck. God bless him. I hope he lives forever. He's he's Aldama, fantastic. Aldama, 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 yeah, and and um, and Shaq is great too. Shaq, I just love I love Shaq's disdain. He's always he's always like just kind of cranky and he's always sort of surly, which is funny because like the rest of the time in when when he does stuff, he's Shaq, this gregarious, you know. Yeah. But on that show, he's always sort of like pissed <laughs> off at everybody, and I think it's just a role he plays, and it's marvelous. Okay, my third take is more of just like a fact that I'm going to give you guys. So this is the 35th year in Timberwolves history. If the Wolves were to lose every single game the rest of the season, if they were to go 0-41 in the second half of the season, they'd still have a better record than 17 other Wolves teams in the franchise's history. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm not. Yeah. 17 teams did not reach 30 wins in a full season. I got mm-hmm. uh, I got drinks yesterday with our friend of the show Dane Moore from the Dane Moore NBA podcast, and we yeah. talked about his uh, great you know uh, uh, moniker calling card of the Timberwolves weirdest team ever. It is, and how it just <laughs> it, it applies every single year, whether like this year where they're really good, or when Kyle Tuggy tweets out the funny, "Hey, we've passed this win mark from this season. Hey, that 2015-16 Wolves that was a 29 win Wolves team, but that was a pretty fun 29 win Wolves team, right? Like." The weirdest team ever factor with the Wolves from Dane is is a really it's a really good summary of of this franchise. So who have they? So they just passed. Let's see here. So yeah, to Kyle's meme, they don't have any thirty win teams. So we got to wait one more win to get a couple thirty. But they did with that Pistons win. They matched the two thousand fifteen sixteen Wolves. I'm gonna put OG OG Wolves guy here. Sports dad on the spot. Nice. Uh, the nineteen ninety ninety one Timberwolves. They just surpassed that team's win total with that win over the Pistons a couple nights ago. How many of the 14 players can you name from the 1990-91 Timberwolves? Did we do this? 99, yeah, I thought we did something did we like this. We did, one, we did one like 90, somewhere nearby it, like 90, the next 91. year. So the first year is 89-90. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the first year. Yep. 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 Were, you still, okay. do, were you still doing these programs and getting free tickets out of this? Is this what? I don't think it started yet. Team? No, okay. I was a target. So, so this is the first year in Target Center, and I think the first ever game there was played against the Mavericks. Um, I started to do the program stuff, and probably a couple of years after this, okay. Because I, I remember I did a I did a story on KG his rookie year, which was great because he, even then he he was sort of cantankerous, like he's a teenage kid and he's still cantankerous, but um, but fun to talk to. Okay, ninety ninety one, Pooh Richardson. Yeah, Pooh Richardson. There you go. Tony Campbell still there? Tony Campbell? Yeah, by the way, uh, Tony Campbell, leading scorer on that team, 22 points per game. 
Yeah, Todd for Tony for Tony Campbell. Tony Campbell was great. Pooh Richardson, seventeen and nine, nine assists. Yeah. Good if I'm there. not mistaken, the uh, uh, the Wolves drafted Tony Campbell in the expansion draft, I think, from the Lakers, who, oh, of yeah. course, he couldn't play for because it was Lakers. Um, Tyrone Corbin? Tyrone Corbin was the second leading scorer. 18 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Um, this is still Mussy, if I'm not mistaken. Bill Musselman still coaching the team. Uh, did that include Gerald Glass yet? Let's see. So I wanna, it is a Bill Musselman team. Gerald Glass came off the bench. Wow. 12 minutes a game. Yeah, Gerald, Glass. Gerald, Gerald Glass is what got Mussy fired because they kept saying, Bill, you got to play Glass. And he's like, I ain't playing that guy. He ain't that good. They're like, we got to take a look at him. Gerald Glass was like the biggest thing. Um, okay. So 1991. That's a great I'm try- start. I'm trying to think of who is who are the big men um, on on this team. Um, Gary Leonard. Gary Leonard, not on this team. Okay. Must've been after right after. Cause he was, he was a Mizzou guy that played in the um, regional final that I think Michigan came out of and won it that year uh, or a couple of years before. Um, all right. Um, Randy Brewer. Yeah. Randy Brewer. He started 44 games out of the 73 so he played. Hold on. So I got six Poo. points per game. I got Poo in the backcourt. I got Brewer. You got Campbell. Got Brewer. Campbell. You got Corbin. You're missing. You're, they, I mean, they had a few different starting lines. You're definitely missing like a start, two starting players for sure. Brewer okay. was not the main starter at that position. Okay. Um, and you're missing. You know, there's, a, there's some prominent guys here that I think you can get. Okay. All right. When did they draft? So, was it Felton Spencer and then Longley? And I'll give you around that. that time, Felton Spencer. Okay, Felton Spencer. I think was the first round pick that year. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Twenty-three so Felton, old rookie. So Felton Spencer, big man, Randy Brewer, big man. What? Give Give me a key position. Uh, I have small, a feeling... We're looking for a small forward and a ba- and a backup point guard and a shooting guard off the bench that later became a starter that you could you could definitely get. Sam Mitchell. We got six. We got six. Sam Mitchell. Um, okay, a, a, a shooting guard off the bench that became a starter and a backup point guard and a backup point guard. Um. Oh boy, was was uh, was um, Shane Heal on that team? No, this is a couple of years before okay. Shane Heal. Um, in terms of uh, backup stature, body type, you're pretty close. Okay. On the backup point guard. Okay. Um, how, how about this one? How about Todd Murphy? Wow. Todd Murphy, yep. <laughs> and there was a guy the first year, and he might have stuck around named, I think it was like uh, Scott Roth. He was not on this team. Okay. One more strike. Oh, oh, oh. Who was the um, Scotty Brooks? Scotty Brooks. There Back a point guard, dude. That's eight. Okay. There's there's one more here that I feel like you can get. He's the back like he's like a backup shooting guard that became a prominent player for the Wolves throughout the nineties. Oh, 
prominent you've player already throughout got the 90s. eight out of the 14, which is really impressive. So prominent player throughout the nineties. Yep. So, so, so he definitely, okay. And, and it's a shooting guard. Yep. Um, boy, I feel like I should get this one. I'm, I'm going to kick myself when I'm, if I don't get it. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Doug West. Oh, Doug, Doug West. Oh, I missed Doug West last time. Why am I missing that? Number five. The only Doug. ones you didn't get, incredibly. Damn were- it. Dan Godfried played 10 games. Jim Thomas played three. Richard Coffey, Amir Coffey's dad, oh, played 52 games. And then oh. Bob Thornton played 12. Okay. So. Three of those four I have no recollection of. Obviously, with Coffey, I do. And I should have got Doug West. I miss Doug West. I keep missing D- Doug West. And he was like <laughs> a main cog in that team. Or in so those that's teams. pretty impressive performance, though, naming as we put put to rest these teams from Wolves history that this current team is. Well, you know what the, the Wolves' problem is? You know what? Those years were fine, right? You're an expansion team back then. You, you weren't going to be good. Uh, the problem is the Timberwolves are one of the few franchises that you could argue have two expansion eras or periods. That's the second the one. The second one being post-KG kind of yep. thing? Or, yeah, yeah. They, they basically became a long-term expansion team. I know. Like that's the not, thing about not, it. Not because of any rules or anything. Like they just were incompetent and hired a bunch of. But oh, Kevin Kevin Garnett went on. Uh, I think oh, was yeah. it. I think his own podcast. Um, I think or was it that or the Showtime thing? I th- I think it might have been okay. One of those, but yes, it was awesome. And he he just filleted Glenn Taylor again. He was he was talking about how much he loves Anthony Edwards. And he's like, well, it's funny. Look what happens. They change ownership and things start to change. And he just looks into the camera and goes. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh my god! In case go you're wondering this. whether he still holds a grudge over God, Glenn Taylor. <laughs> um, who'd they play the other night uh, with Nick? But who, who's Nick Batum playing for? Uh, right Clips, now? the Clips. I had no idea, and he's still a very productive guy. But I remember when the Wolves tried to, they gave yeah. him an offer sheet, and Portland had to match it, and that was like David Kahn. Oh, David Kahn, man, that was his guy. He they're, wanted they're Nick gonna, Batum. They're gonna get Nick Batum. This, they're gonna start to turn things around a little bit. So when I saw him on TV. The other day when they were playing, I was like, oh, my God, Nick, that was 12 years ago. I think he's still was... playing good ball. Who was the guy yeah. that, that they brought to a uh, – that they were trying to recruit as a free agent, made a visit. They brought him to a Twins game and showed him on the Jumbotron. It was a big guy. was named Lee. Oh, David I Lee. Say, David Lee. David yeah, Lee. I want to say he went from, yeah. like, the Knicks to the Warriors or vice yeah. versa. But they yes. were trying to get him, and they're like, yeah, big welcome, big Minnesota welcome. Yeah, it's great. Ah. Nope. Sorry, guy. All right. Wow. Uh, OG Timberwolves guy here, sports I was, dad, putting on I was a clinic. One of those games. Yep. I was at those games. Can't believe I missed Doug West. I am pissed about that. Yeah. So, well, the Wolves are still sitting two games in front of the Thunder as we uh, end this recording here on this Friday for the top seed in the Western Conference. And they're scheduled. They So they got a couple games against OKC in and among, like, the Washingtons and some bad teams. So we'll see what happens. But. That's a wrap on this episode of Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. We'll see you guys next week.